Welcome to Sleepy Head Stories today. We love to read books, be silly, and play. Me and my mommy are here every week to read you great stories that all are unique. Join us at bedtime, or bath time, or breakfast. We promise it's better than a trip to the dentist. Welcome to Sleepyhead Stories. Hello, guys. Hello. Hello. You're back with us. You haven't been with us the last few recordings. No. No, we've been very busy, and it's very hard to pin Conchetta down. But I got her. I got you. No. (laughs) Well, today we're reading a fun one, so that's good. We are on book number 14, guys. Can you believe it? In the Peter Rabbit series. And today's book is the tale of Mr. Todd. You know who Mr. Todd is? Chomper the fox, right? He is the fox in the Peter Rabbit series. And he's pretty famous or infamous, I should say. Why is he famous? Not really famous. He's well known in the forest there because he basically tries to eat Everyone that lives in the forest, doesn't he? Uh Uh-huh. Yes. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. So, we're excited to read about him. Take me away from the fox. (laughs) From the fox. So, let's get started. The dedication inside says, For Francis William of Olva, someday. Here we go, guys. The tale of Mr. Todd. I have had, I have made many books about well-behaved people. Now for a change, I am going to make a story about two disagreeable people called Tommy Brock and Mr. Todd. Do you remember who Tommy Brock is? He's like a, I forget what kind of animal he is. He's like a badger or something. He's always mad and, yeah. Nobody could call Mr. Todd nice. The rabbits could not bear him. They could smell him a half a mile off. He was of wandering habit, and he had foxy whiskers, and they never knew where he would be next. He was sneaky. One day, he was living in a stick house in the coppice, causing terror to the family of old Mr. Benjamin Bouncer. Next day, day he moved into a pollard willow near the lake. That's like a type of tree. And he frightened the wild ducks and the water rats. In the winter and the early spring, he might generally be found in an earth amongst the rocks at the top of bull banks under oatmeal crag. So basically, he moves around all over in all kinds of holes and nooks and crannies all over the forest. He had half a dozen houses, but he was seldom at home. He was hardly ever there. The houses were not always empty when Mr. Todd moved out because sometimes Tommy Brock moved in without asking if he could. (laughs) Tommy Brock was a short, bristly, fat, waddling person with a grin. He grinned all over his face. He was not nice in his habits. He ate wasp nests and frogs and worms and he waddled about the moonlight digging things up. His clothes were very dirty, 
And as he slept in the daytime all day, he always went to bed in his boots. And the bed which he went to was generally Mr. Todd's. Now, Tommy Brock did occasionally eat rabbit pie, but it was only very little young ones occasionally. And the other food was really scarce. So he only ate rabbit pie when there was nothing else to eat. He was friendly with old Mr. Bouncer. They agreed in disliking the wicked otters. And Mr. Todd, they often talked about the painful subject. Old Mr. Bouncer was stricken in his years. He sat in the spring sunshine outside the burrow in a muffler, smoking a pipe of rabbit tobacco. He lived with his son, Benjamin Bunny, and his daughter-in-law, Flopsy, who had a young family. Old Mr. Bouncer was in charge of the family that afternoon because Benjamin and Flopsy had gone out. Uh Uh-oh. The little rabbit babies were just old enough to open their blue eyes and kick. They lay in a fluffy bed of rabbit wool and hay in a shallow burrow, separate from the main rabbit hole. To tell the truth, old Mr. Bouncer had forgotten they were there. (sighs) He sat in the sun and conversed cordially with Tommy Brock, who was passing through the woods with a sack and a little spud, which he did use for digging up some holes for mole traps. He complained bitterly about the scarcity of pheasant eggs and accused Mr. Todd of poaching them, and the otters had cleared off all the frogs while he was asleep in the winter. I've had not a good square meal for a fortnight. I am living on pig nuts. I shall have to turn to vegetarians and eat my own tail, said Tommy Brock. (laughs) So... Benjamin Bunny, or Bouncer Bunny, Mr. Bouncer, Benjamin Bunny's father, was supposed to be babysitting Benjamin Bunny's babies. And he went outside and saw Tommy Brock, and they started to talk. And he forgot, Bouncer, Mr. Bouncer, that he was supposed to be watching babies. It was not much of a joke, but it tickled old Mr. Bouncer because Tommy Brock was so fat and stumpy and grinning. So, old Mr. Bouncer laughed and pressed Tommy Brock to come inside and to taste a slice of seed cake and a glass of my daughter Flopsy's cowslip wine. Tommy Brock squeezed himself into the rabbit hole. Then, old Mr. Bouncer smoked another pipe and gave Tommy Brock a cabbage leaf cigar, which was so very strong that it made Tommy Brock grin more than ever. The smoke filled the burrow. Old Mr. Bouncer coughed and laughed, and Tommy Brock puffed and grinned. And Mr. Bouncer laughed and coughed and shut his eyes because of the cabbage smoke. When Flopsy and Benjamin came back, old Mr. Bouncer woke up. Tommy Brock and all the young rabbit babies had disappeared. Oh, no. Why? I don't know. Mr. Bouncer would not confess that he had admitted anybody into the rabbit hole. But the smell of badger was undeniable, and there were round, heavy footmarks in the sand. He was in disgrace. Flopsy wrung her ears and slapped him. Oh, she was mad because her babies are gone, and they knew a badger was in there, and badgers aren't the nicest people, so they're really worried. Was she fat? 
Yeah, that's him right there. He's a big chubby um, <gasps> badger. I bet the guy ate. You think he ate them? The bunny. Mm, let's see. I hope not. Oh, goodness. All right. Mr. B- oh, Benjamin Bunny set off at once after Tommy Brock. There was not much difficulty in tracking him. He had left his footprints and gone slowly up the winding footpath through the woods. Here he had rooted up the moss and the wood sorrel. There he had dug quite a deep hole for a dog, and he had set a mole trap. A little stream crossed the way. Benjamin skipped lightly over the stream. The badger's heavy steps showed plainly in the mud. So Benjamin Bunny's able to follow the big footprints of Tommy Brock. The path led to a part of the thicket where the trees had been cleared. There were leafy oak stumps and a sea of blue hyacinths. That's a type of flower. But the smell that made Benjamin Bunny stop was not the smell of flowers. Mr. Todd's stick house was before him. And for once, Mr. Todd was at home. There was not only a foxy flavor in the air, but there was also smoke coming out of the broken path that served as a chimney. Benjamin Bunny sat up, staring. His whiskers twitched. Inside the stick house, somebody dropped a plate and something else. Benjamin Bunny stamped his foot and bolted. So he came up to Mr. Todd's house. And he could smell that someone was inside and he heard some noises and he was like, oh no, I hope my bunnies aren't in there, my babies. Okay, he ran into the house and he never stopped until he came to the other side of the wood. Apparently, Tommy Brock had turned the same way. Upon the top of the wall, there were again the markers of the badger and some ravelings of a sack had caught on the briar. Oh, so... Benjamin Bunny didn't go into the house. He quietly ran around it because he didn't want Mr. Todd to hear that he was out there because Mr. Todd was in the house. So he he snuck around it. Benjamin climbed over the wall and into the meadow and he found another mole trap newly set. He was still upon the track of Tommy Brock. It was getting late in the afternoon and the other rabbits were coming out to enjoy the evening air. One of them, in a blue coat by himself, was busily hunting for dandelions. "'Cousin Peter! Peter Rabbit! Peter Rabbit!' shouted Benjamin Bunny. "'Whatever is the matter, Cousin Benjamin? Is it a cat? Or John Stoat Ferret?' "'No, no, no,' he bagged my family. "'Tommy Brock! In a sack! Have you seen him?' "'Tommy Brock? How many, Cousin Benjamin?' Seven, Cousin Peter, and all of them twins!' Did he come this way? Please tell me quick. Yes, yes, not just ten minutes ago. He said there were caterpillars. I think that they were kicking rather hard, though, for caterpillars. Oh, which way? Which way did he go, Cousin Peter? He had his sack with something live in it, and I watched him set a mole trap. Let me use my mind, Cousin Benjamin. Tell me from the beginning. Benjamin did so. So he sees Peter when he's as Benjamin's looking for his bunnies and Peter says, "Yes, I saw him and he had something in his sack moving around, but he told me it was caterpillars." And Benjamin's like, "No, those are my babies in there." So Peter's trying to remember which way he went. My uncle Bows- Bouncer has 
displayed a lamentable want of discretion for his years. So what that means is, Benjamin Bunny is saying, basically, my uncle Bouncer is not that good with his mind anymore because he's getting older. But there are two hopeful circumstances. Your family is alive and kicking because he saw them in Tommy Brock's sack. And Tommy Brock did have another snack with him, so he's not hungry to eat the bunnies. He will probably go to sleep and keep them for breakfast, which gives us time to find him. Well, which way, Cousin Benjamin? Compose your... So Cousin Benjamin says, which way? And Peter goes, compose yourself. I know very well which way. Follow me to Sister Cottontails. He said he would be passing that way. Peter hid his dandelions and accompanied the afflicted parent who was all a twitter. They crossed several fields and began to climb the hill. The tracks of Tommy Brock were plainly to be seen, and he seemed to have put down the sack every dozen yards to rest. He must be very puffed and very tired. We must be close to him by the scent. What a nasty person, said Peter. The sun was still out and warm and slanting on the pastures. Halfway up, Cottontail was sitting in her doorway with four or five half-grown little rabbits playing about her, one black and the others brown. Cottontail had seen Tommy Brock passing in the distance and asked whether her husband was home, and she replied that Tommy Brock had rested twice while she watched him. He nodded and pointed to the sack and seemed doubled up with laughter. Come away, Peter. He will be cooking them. Come quicker, said Benjamin Bunny. So they're passing by Cottontail's house, and she said, yes, I saw Tommy Brock, and they're, they're trying to get closer and closer to him. When they came near the wood at the top of the bull banks, they went cautiously. The trees grew amongst heaping rocks there, beneath a crag. Mr. Todd had one of his homes there. It was atop a steep bank. The rocks and bushes overhung it. The rabbits crept up carefully, listening and peeping. This house was something between a cave, a prison, a tumble-down pigsty. There was a strong door which was shut and locked. The setting sun made the window panes glow like red flames, but the kitchen fire was not alight. It was nearly laid with dry sticks, as the rabbits could see when they peeped through the window. Benjamin sighed with relief. But there were preparations upon the kitchen, which made him shudder. There was an immense empty pie dish of blue and willow pattern, and a large knife and a fork. At the end of the table was partly folded tablecloth and a plate and a cup and a knife and a fork and salt shaker and mustard and a chair. So it looks like Tommy Brock was starting to prepare something, but he didn't do anything yet. Oh, my poor rabbit babies. What a dreadful place. I shall never see them again. Ah, oh, They crept up the bedroom window and it was closed and bolted, just like the kitchen. There were signs that this window had been recently opened the cobwebs were disturbed, and there were fresh, dirty footmarks upon the windowsill. So that's what the sign said? Yeah, so Tommy Brock found one of Mr. Todd's homes, because you remember how the fox has houses all over the forest? Oh. He's taking the babies into one of the empty houses to try and cook them and eat them. 
Oh, so who's eating the one? Is it the badger or the fox? Well, right now we're talking about the badger, not Mr. Todd. But it's in one of Mr. Todd's homes. Benjamin, who was all a Twitter, pulled Peter off the windowsill. Tommy Brock was snoring. He had fell asleep. And they couldn't see the babies. The sun had set and an owl began to hoot. And there was many unpleasant things lying about that had much better have been buried. Rabbit bones and skulls and chicken legs and other things. It was a shocking place and very dark. So now it's dark and there are all kinds of creepy things out there and they're getting even more and more scared and nervous. They went back to the front of the house and tried in every way to move the bolt of the kitchen window. And they tried to push a rusty nail and they tried to bang on it, but it was no use. They tried to get inside, but it was bolted shut so they couldn't. We're just going to read a little bit more, guys. This is a long one. (laughs) So we're going to read a little more and then we're going to take a break and then come back. You can come back, okay? This is a long story. So, they sat side by side outside the window, whispering and listening. In a half an hour, the moon rose over the woods, and it shone full and clear and cold upon the house amongst the rocks and in the kitchen window. But alas, no little rabbit babies were to be seen. The moonbeams twinkled on the fork and the plate and the pie dish. The light showed a little on the floor and the wall beside the kitchen fireplace. A little iron door belonging to a brick oven. This movie's so long, I'm yawning. I know, that's why it's a sleepyhead story. (laughs) And presently, at the same moment, Peter and Benjamin noticed that whenever they shook the window, the little door opposite shook in answer. So whenever they would shake the window to try to get in, There was a little tiny door across the way, and that would shake, too, at the same time. Interesting. The young families were alive, shut up in the oven. Oh, so the tiny little door was the oven, but it wasn't turned on, but he just locked them in there. So the bunnies would shake the door every time Peter and and Benjamin would shake the window. Benjamin was so excited that it was a mercy he did not awake Tommy Brock, whose snores continued solemnly in Mr. Todd's bed. But there were, but there really was not very much comfort in that discovery because they could not get in to get them out of the oven. They could only open, if they could only open the window, they'd be able to rescue them. And the little rabbits were so small, they were too tiny to push themselves out. After much whispering, Peter and Benjamin decided to dig a tunnel. They began to burrow through the yard, down the bank, and underneath the house. They hoped that they might be able to work between the larger stones under the house and come up through the kitchen floor, but it was very hard work. So that's where we're going to stop for now, guys. We're going to take a break. You can take a break at home, too, because this is a long one. Yes, and I had to go to the bathroom. (laughs) Okay, bathroom breaks. So we're going to leave it with Peter and Benjamin deciding the only way in the house is they got to dig a burrow under the house and come up through the kitchen to save those bunnies all while they can't wake Tommy Brock. All right, guys, come back and... 
later and we'll read the rest of the story. Okay, go to the bathroom. I need to go to the bathroom so long. <laughs> okay, go. Go, go, go. Second half. Remember, Peter and Benjamin digging underneath the house to save the bunnies out of the oven. Yes. All right, here we go. They dug and dug for hours. They could not tunnel straight on account of stones, but by the end of the night, they were under the kitchen floor. Benjamin was on his back, scratching upwards like this. (laughs) Peter's claws were worn down. He was outside the tunnel, shuffling sand away. He called out that it was morning, sunrise, and that there were jays making noise down below in the woods. So it's starting to become daylight, and they have to hurry up because he wants to eat them for breakfast. Benjamin Bunny came out of the dark tunnel, shaking the sand from his ears. He cleaned his face with his paws. Every minute the sun shone warmer on the top of the hill in the valley. There was a sea of white mist with gold atop of the trees showing through. Again, from the fields down below in the mist, there came an angry cry from a blue jay, followed by the sharp yelping bark of a fox. Oh boy. Then those two rabbits lost their heads completely. (laughs) They did the most foolish thing that they could have done. They rushed into their short new tunnel and hid themselves at the top end of it, under Mr. Todd's kitchen floor. So they heard a fox shriek, and they got so scared they ran back in the tunnel. Mr. Todd was coming up bull banks, and he was in a very bad mood. Why? I don't know. First, he had been upset by breaking the plate. It was his own fault, but it was a china plate, the last of the dinner service that belonged to his grandmother, old Vixen Todd. Oh, so he was walking home, but he wasn't home. He was going to one of his other houses, but he was annoyed because apparently he broke a very special dish that was his grandmother's. Then the next thing that made him mad was then the midges had been very bad and he had failed to catch a hen pheasant on her nest and it had contained only five eggs and two of them were not good. Mr. Todd had an unsatisfactory night, so he was annoyed by all these different things. As usual, when he was out of humor, he determined to move house. First, he tried the pollard willow, but it was too damp. And the otters had left their dead fish near it, and Mr. Todd likes nobody's leavings but his own. He made his way up the hill. His temper was not improved by noticing unmistakable marks of the badger. No one else grubs up the moss so wantonly as Tommy Brock. So he, when he gets annoyed, he leaves and goes to another house. And he's going back to the house, and he can tell that Tommy Brock is near. He sees his footprints. Mr. Todd slapped his stick upon the earth and fumed. He guessed where Tommy Brock had gone to. He was further annoyed by the blue jay, which followed him persistently. It flew from tree to tree and scolded, warning every rabbit within hearing that either a cat or a fox was coming up the plantation. Once, when it flew screaming over his head, Mr. Todd snapped at it and barked. He approached his house very carefully with a large rusty key. He sniffed and his whiskers bristled. The house was locked up, 
but Mr. Todd had his doubts whether it was empty. He turned the rusty key in the lock. The rabbits below could hear it. They heard Mr. Todd opening the door cautiously, and then he went in. The sight that met Mr. Todd's eyes in Mr. Todd's kitchen made Mr. Todd furious. There was Mr. Todd's chair and Mr. Todd's pie dish and his knife and his fork and his mustard and his salt and his tablecloth and he was was a mess and it was out of the dresser and it was all set up for breakfast. Without a doubt, Tommy Brock was in the house. There was a smell of fresh earth a smell of dirt and a dirty badger, which fortunately overpowered the smell of the rabbits. So he could he saw all the plates and everything out. He said, oh, I know he's here. And he could smell Tommy Brock. He could also smell the dirt because the bunnies had, the rabbits had been digging up the dirt. But all those smells covered up the smell of rabbits. So he didn't smell the rabbits yet. But what absorbed Mr. Todd's attention was a noise. A deep, slow, regular, snoring, grunting noise coming from his own bed. He peeped through the hinges of the half-open bedroom wait, door. Wait, I have a question. Yes. Do they have the bunnies yet? Not yet. And then he turned and came out of the house in a hurry. His whiskers bristled and his coat stood on with edge with rage. <sighs> For the next 20 minutes, Mr. Todd kept creeping cautiously into the house and retreating and hurried out again. By degrees, he ventured further in, right into the bedroom. <laughs> when he was outside the house, he snatched up the earth with a fury. But when he was inside the house, he did not like the look of Tommy Brock's teeth. So he sees that Tommy Brock's in there. And, you know, Tommy Brock is tough. He's a badger. And, you know, he's... Mr. Todd is no match for Tommy Brock. So Mr. Todd's like sees him in his house snoring, making a mess. But he also runs back out because he gets scared because he doesn't want to wake him up. He was lying on his back with his mouth open, grinning from ear to ear. He snored peacefully and regularly, but one eye was not all the way shut. Mr. Todd came in and out of the bedroom. Twice he brought in his walking stick, and once he brought in a coal scuttle. But he thought better of it and then took them away. So he's trying to figure out if she, he should wake him or not. He's scared. He's not sure. Look, see him sleeping in the bed? No, what snoring about away. He's like smiling. He's like, should I wake him up? Should I let him? And he's not sure. But he's smiling like this. He's like looking like, like that. When he came back after removing the coal scuttle, Tommy Brock was lying on a little more sideways position, but he seemed even sounder asleep. He was an incurably indolent person. He was not in the least afraid of Mr. Todd. I know what's going on. He's awake, but just pretending he's asleep, so we know what's going on. You think so? Yes, because he's... Oh, yeah, it says... He was simply too lazy and comfortable to move. So he knew he was there, but he's not afraid of Mr. Todd. So he just kept laying there. <laughs> it's not even his bed. Can you believe it? Mr. Todd came back yet again into the bedroom with a clothesline. Uh-oh. He stood a minute watching Tommy Brock and listened in- attentively to the snores. They were very loud indeed, but seemed natural. Mr. Todd turned his back toward the bed and undid the window. <laughs> It creaked. He turned round with a jump. Tommy Brock, who had one eye open, shut it hastily. 
The snores continued, so Tommy Brock is pretending to be asleep. And any time Mr. Fox, Mr. Todd, I'm sorry, does something that makes a noise, you know, Tommy Brock pretends to be asleep again. Mr. Todd's proceedings were peculiar and rather uneasy because the bed was between the window and the door of the bedroom. He opened the window a little bit and pushed out the greater part of the clothesline on the window. The rest of the line, he put a hook on the other end and it held it in his hand. Tommy Brock snored consciously. Mr. Todd stood and looked at him for a minute and then left the room again. Tommy Brock opened both eyes and looked at the rope and grinned. There was a noise outside the window. Tommy Brock shut his eyes again in a hurry. Mr. Todd had gone outside to the front door and walked to the back of the house, and on the way he stumbled over a rabbit burrow. Uh-oh. If he had any idea who was inside, he would have pulled them out quickly. So he's Mr. Todd is doing something with a rope and the window and a hook, and Mr. Um, Tommy Brock is laying in the bed, watching him, pretending to be asleep, thinking to himself, what is he doing? And then Mr. Todd, in his runnings around, stumbles over the rabbit hole that Peter and Benjamin just dug. Okay, so his foot went through the tunnel, nearly on top of Peter and Benjamin inside, but fortunately he thought that it was some sort of Tommy Brock's work. So he didn't realize it was even a bunny burrow. He thought Tommy Brock did something. So he took up the coil of the line from the windowsill and listened for a moment and then tied the rope to the tree. Tommy Brock watched him with one eye and through the window, and he was puzzled, trying to figure out, what is this fox trying to do? Oh, look at this. Mr. Todd fetched a large, heavy pail full of water from the spring and staggered with it through the kitchen and into the bedroom. Tommy Brock snored industriously. Mr. Todd put down the pail beside the bed took up the end of the rope with the hook, hesitated, looked at Tommy Brock. The snores were almost hypnotic, but the grin was not quite so big. Mr. Todd gingerly mounted a chair by the head of the bedside. His legs were dangerously near to Tommy Brock's teeth. He reached up and put the end of the rope with the hook over the head of the tester bed where the curtains should be hanging. So Mr. Todd now has a pail of water. He put a hook on it, which is on the end of the rope, and he's putting it up and over the top of the bed that goes right over Mr. Uh, Tommy Brock's head. What do you think he's doing? Jumping water on his head. I know. I think so, too. He reached up and put the end of the rope with the hook over the head of the tester bed. I said that. Mr. Todd's curtains were folded up and put away, owing to the house being unoccupied. So was the counterpane. So usually he has all curtains around this bed here, but right now it's all put away and and folded because he hasn't been home. He couldn't believe that Tommy Brock still was sleeping, wasn't waking up. It seems as though nothing would wake him up, not even the flapping rope across the bed. Mr. Todd went down from the chair safely and got the pail of water He went to hang it over the hook dangling above Tommy Brock's bed in order to make some short of it. Oh, and when he wakes up, it will jump on his head. Let's see. It will hit his head. Naturally, being a thin-legged person, he was quite unable to lift the heavy weight of the 
water in the in the bucket. Mr. Todd and the pail fell from the chair, but none of the water spilled out. Uh-oh. <sighs> After considerable considerable thought, he emptied the water into a washing basin, which is like a big bowl. And then the pail wasn't too heavy for him. So then he was able to put the pail on the hook over Tommy Brock's head. As he could not lift the whole pail full of water at once, he fetched some milk and ladled quarts of water and milk into the pail one by one, filling up the pail more and more. Occasionally, a drop of water would splash on Tommy Brock's head, who just snored and kept pretending to be asleep. So he wasn't able to pick that pail up so high up, so he had to fill it up little by little. Okay. At last, Mr. Todd's preparations were complete, and the pail was full of water and milk, and the rope was tight and strained over the top of the bed. Hmm. It will make a big mess in my bedroom. But I could never sleep in that bed again without a spring cleaning of some sort, said Mr. Todd. Mr. Todd took one last look at the badger and softly left the room. He went out of the house, shutting the front door. The rabbits heard his footsteps over their tunnel. He ran round behind the house, intending to undo the rope in order for the pail of water to fall over Tommy Brock. I will wake him up with an unpleasant surprise, said Mr. Todd. The moment he had gone, Tommy Brock got up in a hurry. He rolled Mr. Todd's dressing gown into a bundle and put it beneath the bed and put it under the pail of water. I'm sorry, or put underneath the pail of water where he should have been. And then he left the room smiling. So as soon as Mr. Todd ran out of the room, Mr. Tommy Brock was like, I ain't getting water on my head. And he got up and he took off the nightgown that was Mr. Todd's and put it where he was laying and ran out of the room. He went into the kitchen and lit the fire and started to boil the kettle. And for a moment, he did not trouble himself to cook the baby rabbits. So for a moment, he thought, "Mm, maybe I won't cook the baby rabbits today. Why? I don't know. He maybe didn't feel like eating them. When Mr. Todd got to the tree, he found that the weight and strain, he had dragged the knot so tight that it was past untying. So the rope was so tight, he couldn't untie the knot. He had to chew through it for 20 minutes it took him to chew through that rope at last the rope gave way with a sudden jerk and it nearly pulled his teeth out and quite knocked him backwards inside the house there was a great crash and splash and the noise of a pail rolling all over the floor but no screams mr todd was mystified he sat quite still and listened attentively Then he peeped in at the window. Water was dripping from the bed and the pail had rolled all over the floor. In the middle of the bed under the blanket was a wet, flattened something, much dingy and dirty. That's where the nightgown was. Its head was covered by a wet blanket and it was not snoring any longer. There was nothing stirring and no sound except the drip, drip, drip of the water trickling from the mattress. Mr. Todd watched it for a half an hour, his eyes glistening. So Mr. Todd was staring like, where's Tommy Brock? And his room was a mess filled with water. Then he cut a caper and began so bold that he even tapped at the window. So he started to tap like, hello, is someone in there? But 
nothing. Yes, there was no doubt about it. It had turned out even better than he had planned. The pail of water hit poor old Tommy Brock and killed him dead. So, (laughs) Mr. Todd thinks that he can't figure out why he doesn't really see Tommy Brock and he sees there's something in the bed that's dirty and dingy, but he can't really tell if it's Tommy Brock or not because it the covers are over it and he's trying to figure out what's going on and then he thinks, oh, the pail must have hit him on the head and killed him. Now he's dead and he's in my bed, wet and dead. <laughs> but we know he's out of the room. He's not in there anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Oh. oh, so he quietly... So the badger quietly tiptoed past the fox. Yes. And he ran off somewhere. Yes. I think he's in the kitchen still boiling water and stuff. Okay. I will bury that nasty person in a hole which he has dug. I will bring my bedding out and I will dry it in the sun, thought Mr. Todd. I will wash the tablecloth and spread it out on the grass so it can be bleached in the sun and the blanket must be hung up in the wind and the bed must be thoroughly disinfected and aired with a warming pan and warmed with hot water bottle. I will get soap and monkey soap and all sorts of soap and soda and scrubbing brushes and Persian powder to remove the smell. (laughs) I must have a disinfecting. Perhaps I may have to burn sulfur. He hurried round the house to get a shovel from the kitchen. First, I will arrange the hole. Then I will drag that person out in the blanket. So he's thinking, because Tommy Brock's a dirty, smelly guy. So he's like, I got to get him out. I'm going to bury him in the dirt. Then I'm going to disinfect my whole bedroom because it stinks. He opened the door. What does disinfect mean? Mean clean. I'm going to clean the house. So Mr. Todd went to go get a, a shovel in the house and he opened the door Tommy Brock was sitting at Mr. Todd's kitchen table pouring out tea from Mr. Todd's teapot into Mr. Todd's teacup and he was like what? (laughs) and he was quiet he was quite dry and grinning and smiling and he threw the cup of scalding tea all over Mr. Todd so Mr. Todd thinking he was dead from the bucket walks in and sees him drinking tea and having tea at the table and he throws his hot tea all over Mr. Todd. All right, guys, we're going to read a little more, and then we're going to be done until next week. I want to see if they get the bunnies or not, little bunnies. I know. Okay, let's see how long we can go. Then Mr. Todd rushed upon Tommy Brock. See, they're going to fight. And Tommy Brock grappled with Mr. Todd against the broken dishes, and there was a big battle in the kitchen. To the rabbits underneath, it sounded like the floor was going to come crashing through. They crept out of their tunnel and hung about amongst the rocks and the bushes, listening anxiously. Inside the house, the racket was fearful. The baby rabbits in the oven woke up and they were so scared. Perhaps it was fortunate that they were shut inside the oven. It was keeping them safe from all the calamity going on inside. So it's good that they're in the oven. Yeah, because they can't get her. It's very good. Yeah, for now that they're in the oven. It's very good that he was laying down Mm -hmm. just pretending to go to sleep. Mm -hmm. But when he was laying down, he thought to himself, he was... Well, he was well. He was pretending to nap. I think he was very tired and not really hungry. Mm Mm-hmm. Just having tea. Uh Uh-huh. 
Yes. Okay. Everything was upset except the kitchen table. And everything was broken except the mantelpiece and the kitchen fender. The crockery was smashed to bits. The chairs were broken and the window and the clocks fell with a crash and there were a handful of Mr. Todd's sandy whiskers everywhere. The vases fell off the mantel place. The canisters fell off the shelf. The kettle fell off the hob. Tommy Brock put his foot in a jar of raspberry jam and the boiling water out of the kettle fell on Mr. Todd's tail. When the kettle fell, Tommy Brock, who was still grinning, happened to be uppermost and he rolled Mr. Todd over and over like a log out the door. Then the snarling and worrying went on outside and they rolled over the bank and down the hill and bumping over the rocks and there will never be any love lost between Tommy Brock and Mr. Todd. So they just fought in the house and destroyed the house and then fought outside the house and rolled down the hill. You see this here? They just totally made a humongous mess. As soon as the coast was clear, Peter Rabbit and Benjamin Bunny came out of the bushes. Now go for it. Run in, Cousin Benjamin. Run in and get them while I watch at the door. But Benjamin was scared. Oh, oh, they're coming back. No, they're not. Yes, they are. What dreadful bad language. I think they have fallen down the stone quarry. Still, Benjamin hesitated, and Peter kept pushing him. Be quick, it's all right. Shut the oven door, Cousin Benjamin, so that he won't miss them. Decidedly, they were lively doings in Mr. Todd's kitchen. So, Benjamin's afraid to go in. Peter's like, go in, get them quick. Shut the oven door after you get them so he doesn't realize they're gone. And the kitchen was a mess. Ah. <sighs> At home in the rabbit hole, things had not been quite so comfortable. Why? Why not? <laughs> well, you can imagine Flopsy's very mad at Mr. Bouncer Bunny because all of this is his fault because he didn't watch the bunnies and he let Tommy Brock in the house in the bunny burrow and he's the one that's responsible. After quarreling at supper, Flopsy and old Mr. Bouncer had passed a sleepless night and quarreled again at breakfast. Old Mr. Bouncer could no longer deny that he had invited company into the rabbit hole, but he refused to reply to the questions and reproaches of Flopsy. The day passed heavily. Old Mr. Bouncer was very sulky was huddled up in a corner, barricaded with a chair. Flopsy had taken away his pipe and hidden his tobacco. She had been having a complete turnout and spring cleaning to relieve her feelings. She had just finished. Old Mr. Bouncer behind his chair was wondering anxiously what she would do next. In Mr. Todd's kitchen, amongst the wreckage, Benjamin Bunny picked his way to the oven nervously. Through a thick cloud of dust, he opened the oven door, felt inside, and found something warm and wriggling. He lifted it out carefully and rejoined Peter. I've got them! How can we get away? Let's get out of here. Should we hide, Cousin Peter? Peter pricked his ears. Distant sounds of fighting still echoed in the woods. Five minutes afterwards, two breathless rabbits came scuttering away down bull banks, half carrying, half dragging a sack between them. 
bumpity bump over the grass. They reached home safely and burst into the rabbit hole. Great was old Mr. Bouncer's relief and Flopsy's joy when Peter and Benjamin arrived in triumph with the young family. The rabbit babies were rather tumbled and very hungry. They were fed and put to bed. They soon recovered. A long new pipe and a fresh supply of rabbit tobacco was presented to Mr. Bouncer. He was rather upon his dignity, but he accepted. Old Mr. Bouncer was forgiven, and they all had dinner. Then Peter and Benjamin told their story, but they had not waited long enough to be able to tell the end of the battle between Tommy Brock and Mr. Todd. The End the end, guys. We did it. We made it to the end. The bunnies were saved. And I also have a question. What's your question? If nobody is listening, and actually there's only a few people listening because we said we'll, meet you, we'll, we'll read this story next week. Right. So we thought we were going to have to break the story up into two weeks, but... We were able, I think we were able to finish it. I think it's okay. We just took a break to go to the bathroom and that's good enough. Right? Yes. So, yeah. So, Peter and Benjamin saved the bunnies. Yay. Okay, we don't know how to talk. I just want to go to bed. You want to go to bed. Okay. <laughs> that was a long one, guys. That was the tale of Mr. Todd. Also, the tale of Tommy Brock. You got to learn about Tommy Brock, too. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I'm sure it made you sleepy, even if it's not your bedtime. So we will see you or talk to you next week with book number 15. Enjoy, guys. Good night, good night, good night. Goodbye. Well, this sure made me sleepy. (laughs) Good night. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sleepyhead Stories. And if you're new here, welcome. We release a new episode each week, so be sure to stay tuned. If you'd like to hear more from us, please go on our website, sleepyheadstoriespodcast.com. We have photos on there, merchandise. There are links to our Instagram and Facebook pages. You can even send us a message. And speaking of messages, they're our favorite thing about doing this podcast is to hear from you guys. You can even find a link in the show notes and you can send us a voice message that we can publish on a future episode of Sleepyhead Stories. Guys, thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts. We love doing Sleepyhead Stories and we love sharing books with all of you. Have a great day or a great night and we will talk to you in the next episode. Bye.